Let's begin by all joining together in praying. Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be pleasing in your sight. For you are our rock, you are our redeemer. Amen. I think it's time for us to admit it. Our culture has a fascination and an obsession with pirates and pirates' quest for treasure. Here in eastern North Carolina, we're still new, so I'm still getting to know it, but I know you can find it in the name of the barrier islands like Papsal Island, Emerald Island. You're going to see it come out in the names also of streets where people live, in restaurants, in parks. I think it's safe to say here, eastern North Carolina, we're pirate people. But it's not just us here today, is it? No, I think this obsession has been going on and it spans generations of people, actually. Whether it was way back in the 1800s, when the book Treasure Island came out, or about 30 years later, you get the book uh, Peter and Wendy, Peter Pan, to whatever number five or six or seven we're at of the Pirates of the Caribbean movies, to the Disney Plus show Jake and the Neverland Pirates, to the video games, to the movies, to everything. We're pirate people. Pirates and their journey for treasure has become an obsession for us for a long time. But what's at the center of this obsession? I think it's treasure. The possibility that there really is this island out in the middle of the ocean and deep buried in the sand, you're gonna find this huge massive pile of gold if you can find the map and you can get there. Or it's that the pirates had it and their ship sunk to the bottom of the ocean. And if you dive deep enough with the divers, you can open the chest and you're gonna see it instantly. It's gonna gleam and shine full of treasure. We like that. In fact, I think that's why we like pirates is because we wanna watch people who dedicate their lives to finding treasure. That's what pirates did. They were all about treasure and they treasured treasure so much that they were willing to give up everything to find that one treasure. Pirates and their constant quest for treasure, I think, are pretty fascinating. I think that's also why Jesus gave us this section of God's word that we get to look at today. Because he knows this kind of talk is going to draw people in. He knows that people are going to get the idea of what he's talking about. He wants the focus to be on treasure and how to get that treasure. And like the authors and directors and narrators, Jesus draws us in with stories. We heard him before, but short, sweet, and to the point, Jesus says so much with so few words in these stories. Here's the first one of Jesus' short stories. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again, and then in his joy went and sold all he had, and he bought that field. So here we've got a guy who finds buried treasure. 
But because he doesn't own the land where that treasure is on yet, he's got some work to do. He is ecstatic about what he found. He goes and he sells everything that he has and he buys the field so that now he knows that treasure is his. Pretty short. Here's number two that Jesus says. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and he bought it. All right, now the guy is looking for little tiny things that have lots of value. Back then, valuable. Today, still valuable. And you'd figure that the more that he could find, probably the better. But no, not with this one that he found. No, this pearl is too big, too beautiful, too pearly white. It was the perfect pearl. So he sold everything that he had to buy this one you get the things that connect the two stories, don't you? There is a treasure that is worth giving up everything to have. You might constantly be looking for it. If you find it, your life is going to get flipped upside down in an awesome way. There is a treasure that is awesome like that, a treasure that is just a better treasure. So what's your treasure? If Jesus could do this for you and tell a two-sentence story about you and your idea of what treasure would be, what is it? What's the thing that if you get it, you're willing to give up everything else to have that one thing? Would Jesus tell a story about the student who is a good student? who gets up early, who eats breakfast, who gets there on time, and they just try to absorb everything that the teacher says. They write it all down word for word. At lunchtime, they study instead of talking or eating. Nighttime, well, that's filled with books and lectures and learning more and more. So at the, at the end of that journey, what do they find? Straight A's. Maybe it's the athlete's story for you. The athlete who started out not being so great at what they were doing, but they were going to work at it. And they practiced and practiced and practiced. And their lunch times were filled with studying. And their night times were filled with film watching, trying to capture the best techniques, the latest moves, trying to watch their opponents and see what weaknesses they might have. And at the end of all of it, Maybe a profession of playing sports, admiration, popularity, fame. How about employee of the month, service member of the year, excellence in details, efficiency in time management. They're great with people. They're willing to do overtime and to do lots of overtime. And at the end of all of it, Money, recognition, influence. Or maybe that story ends a little bit further with the house and the vacation house and the worldwide vacations and the ability to give your family anything that you want your family to possibly have. 
the short stories that Jesus could tell of people who pour themselves into something and give up everything. Could be our stories. But without the happy ending with that better treasure. Or at least there's that part of us that gets captured by the treasure of this world and it distorts our idea of what true treasure is. Our culture also conditions us, I think, to watch out for uh, things that are too easy, too good to be true kind of stuff. Uh, a prince from Africa sends you an email and delete the opportunity of a lifetime. And it's for you this weekend over at the Hampton Inn. Eh, I think I'm going to pass on it. We already know what's coming. But when Jim draws the triangle and you see Michael's face drop, it's still great every time because nobody's going to fall for something as obvious as this. No, it's clear when it's just too good to be true. And so life is going to be better for you if you don't go down that path and look for that too good to be true treasure. But here's where Jesus' short stories tell us something absolutely unique. And you caught it already because Jesus says it twice. He starts these short stories by giving all of it away. There is a better treasure, and it's simply being a part of the kingdom of God. Another way to put it, being connected to Jesus is best. Why is the connection to Jesus a better treasure? Because it is that easy. It's the get-rich scheme that you dream might be reality. How does a connection with Jesus work? Well, God loves you so much that he sent Jesus into this world who lived a perfect life and never made any mistake and then who died and who took on the sins of the whole world and who suffered hell on the cross but then who didn't stay dead who was raised to new life and now that new life he gives to you and me so that when God looks at us he doesn't see imperfect people who are looking at the wrong things he sees people who are connected to Jesus and his perfection becomes our perfection our life now is a life of certain and solid forgiveness. A life without the feelings of guilt and shame weighing us down. A life knowing we're part of God's family through baptism. A life with the Holy Spirit creating and strengthening faith in baptism and his word and when we celebrate the Lord's Supper. And all of it is God's work. Nothing you can do to earn this. All of it because to Jesus, you are the better treasure. But that's not the only thing that makes his treasure better. No, this treasure of being connected to Jesus, this treasure doesn't end. Here's one part of the third short story that Jesus told. This is the explanation of the story. He gives it all away. This is how it will be at the end of the age. The angels will come and separate the wicked from the righteous and throw them into the blazing furnace where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. 
Heaven and hell, Jesus makes it clear, are real. And because you're connected to Jesus, you're going to be sorted with the good fish. You are right and holy and perfect because of Jesus. That means the end is simply when Jesus comes and takes you to perfect life that never ends. Connection to Jesus is this never-ending better treasure. And then there's this one last comparison that isn't really a story, but it gives us this image in our minds. Every teacher of the law who has become a disciple in the kingdom of heaven is like the owner of a house who brings out of his storeroom new treasures as well as old. If you know how God connects you to Jesus, how God brings you and makes you part of his kingdom, then you know that you've got treasures all over the place. You find them way back in the beginning when Adam and Eve brought sin into this world and messed everything up and then God steps in. You'll hear them in God's assurances to generations after generations, to Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and to family promises that were passed down. The poetry in Isaiah, the words later of John the Baptist, Paul's letter, like we heard, to New Testament Christian churches are filled with them. Anytime you find one of God's promises in his word, you find treasure. And you read the Bible and they are just all over. Well, it's not exactly a pyramid scheme, but I did have this get-rich-quick idea that I can promise you it was absolutely going to work, at least probably about a decade ago. I know it was going to work. So here's the plan, all right? Go to the store, buy as many Levi blue jeans as you possibly can, like as many as you can, then check as many bags as you can, and then head over to different parts in East Asia. You get there, you go to the local night markets, you rent one of the stands, you put these up in the stand, and I can promise you, you're gonna triple, quadruple, I don't know how much money you would make. You would make tons and tons of money, and they would sell out like this. No, don't do this. Because I don't know exactly how legal that would be, and I don't think Levi would really like uh, for us doing that, but it would absolutely work. Why? Because in certain places of the world, Levi blue jeans from America are the peak of fashion. So people are willing to pay whatever possible you might ask. They will give all of it just for blue jeans. I think that perspective helped me kind of understand a little bit better that what your idea of true treasure is really is just a matter of perspective. So for us, as people who are connected to Jesus, how about we let God keep realigning our perspective on treasure. And I think God can do it in some really simple ways. How about like this? Take a few minutes this week and rememorize your favorite grace passage. Whatever it is that you have in your head and your heart that is this thing that you go back to and you lean on in these times that you've known since you were a little kid, take some time this week and rememorize it. Put it back into your head and into your heart, but do it word 
by word, thought by thought. Oh yeah, and God's going to turn you back to Jesus. Do this too. Begin and end your day with this simple thought that no matter what happened, no matter what will happen, that you have Jesus. That he did die for you. That his perfection is yours. That you're going home to heaven, for sure, without a doubt. Start your day. End your day. Let God realign your perspective on treasure. And whoever you are, wherever you're at, dig a deeper hole into God's word. I know some of us who are here and and maybe watching too, this is the first time that we're really looking at the Bible and looking at Christianity and there is so much and there is a lot going on. Keep digging. I know for others of us, we've been part of God's family from our baptisms as infants and now we're Sunday school age. And now people are helping us understand more and more in God's story from the beginning of time. Keep digging. I know others of us are seeing how practical and meaningful God's word is. And what being connected to Jesus means is we interact with people in our schools and in our workplaces and in our families. And how awesome that is. I do know, I think I can say this, one of us here in this room is a college professor who teaches the Bible in Hebrew and who does it really, really well and who can keep digging and finding more in God's word. Wherever you are at in this room or watching, don't stop. Keep digging in because I promise when you dig, you're going to find treasure. Treasure that's better. I think when I have this vision of pirates, I kind of come to a weird conclusion at the end of all of it. Is this really worth the life that they're living? Is it really worth it in the end for them? Because best case scenario, what's going to happen? They're probably going to find some treasure. Other pirates are going to try to come and steal that treasure. Other uh, governments are going to try to get rid of them. Maybe they're going to have that thing for a little bit of time, but really, I don't know of many pirates that have a happy ending. Is it really worth it? I don't know. But I do know for us, this better treasure, I know. A treasure that is too easy. A treasure that lasts forever, a treasure that you're going to find every time you look in the Bible and you dig deeper, is it worth it? This better treasure is, and in Jesus, it's all yours. Amen.